cultivate these friendships and these experiences and that will lead you on the right path don't get worked up trying to work out the details just live life and let it be welcome to the whiskey and lemon podcast i am your host lana mercedes and i am your guest spencer taylor Spencer is a former chef and currently a software engineer and one of my closest and dearest friends. Welcome to the podcast, Oh my God, Spencer. thank you. Thank <laughs> you for having me. Thank you for saying such kind words. I really appreciate it. You are also one of my dearest friends. <laughs> I wanted to have you on the show because like I said, you are one of my best friends and I feel like we have these long, crazy, intense, and also hilarious conversations. And what better way to get my audience to just understand yeah. what is to come for the podcast than to have you on. Awesome. So we're going to give them that that real Spence-Lana connection, <laughs> uh, dope conversation. Exactly. Exactly. So they're really, they're really going to understand. We're just going to have a conversation and let it flow from there. How are you doing during the quarantine? How's it in San Francisco? Um, the San Francisco quarantine, people are being like really responsible. Mm -hmm. Like everyone has on masks. Uh, people even like I go running in Golden Gate Park. Mm -hmm. When you run by, obviously you don't have your mask on the entire time while you're running because it's hard to breathe. But if you're running towards each other, you like pull your mask up, pull it back down once you pass each other. So people are right. being like really good about it. Yeah, I um, actually just did a stress test a few days ago, and I had to run on the treadmill, as you do for a stress test. And I hit 97% of what my max heart rate is supposed to be, so I was pretty proud of myself. But I really, I'm so seated that I really wanted to hit 100%, but I had to keep my mask on while I was doing it. So that was, that was pretty intense. Yeah, running with a mask is <laughs> challenging, to say yeah. the least. It's a new life, maybe probably too, because we're we're adjusting to it as time gets on. Hopefully, we'll just get more comfortable. You know, we're saving lives. Definitely. We got to do it. I mean, we got to do what's right for the human race. Not yeah. everybody agrees, but they right definitely should. Yes, that is very very true. Right? Yeah, there's a lot of people around here. I I don't know if I'd say it's split, but there's a good amount of people around my area that are not wearing masks. So I just. I'm easily triggered <laughs> by those individuals. And when I see that them on the sense. sidewalk, you know, I'm just, I just look behind me, make sure there's no cars coming. And I walk out around the cars that are parked on the street and just go around them. And then as they look at me wondering while I'm walking around, I don't even make eye contact. I'm like, you're, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to acknowledge you right now because I'm just so triggered <laughs> by the situation. I'm just going to walk around the cars and act like you don't exist. And this is just what I do. <laughs> I think I like staring at people who, come out unmasked like like they like they have the plague like they're <laughs> the problem right because <laughs> they are the problem right yeah. like we're all trying to take care of each other by like wearing masks and making sure that we can get through this pandemic as quickly as possible and then there's these people that are like holding us back from being our best healthy selves and getting back to normal yeah i once drove 20 minutes into the city to go to Costco, realized that I left my mask and like drove all the way back home to go get it. Really what I should have did. Well, no, cause I wouldn't even, I would not have even been able to walk into a store and buy one. So I had to go all the way back home. Yeah. And I just felt bad for like being out. I was wondering why people were staring at me and then I realized and I just felt really bad that I was out here without a mask on. Yeah, see, the fact that you felt so bad and just forgot. Right. So enough about the pandemic. A uh, main reason why I wanted to have you on the podcast is because we have a very similar professional journey. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, when we first met, we were in different fields and we had continuously went into different fields and then we're in different areas now. But I think there's a huge, you know, stigma around for lack of a better word, bouncing around to different careers. And you and I, I think, have Definitely. a better view or just a um, alternate perspective on that journey. So I want to start off with just asking you, like, because obviously you've gone from being a former chef to now you are a software engineer. Um, how, mm. that, how that started for you? Yeah, I... 
I've had a very interesting life. Actually, at work now, I've told people all of my different careers that I've had on the journey to being a software engineer. And one of my coworkers has now proclaimed me as the most interesting person like at our company. Um, <laughs> I don't know to, the other people that you work with, but I'm already going to agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a title that I've like begrudgingly take, but I, I think it's basically true. After high school, uh, I kind of didn't have a plan. So I just randomly decided to join the Navy. Um, I was 17. I brought the papers home. I was like, hey, mom, can you sign this? She's like, what is this? I was like, I'm going to the Navy. You just have to sign this paper and I'm good. Because uh, when you're a minor. Don't worry, I just signed on the dotted line. <laughs> yeah. I originally wanted to go to the Marines, but my mom would only sign for the Navy. So I was like, here, sign this. And I spent my last like senior year summer. And then in September, I shipped out to boot camp. Um, I did that for four years. Kind of had a really like love-hate relationship with it. That's like a whole conversation onto itself. Mm -hmm. um, but when I got out, um, I decided I wanted to go to school. And at first, I went to school for computer science at an art school, which mm -hmm. was a very interesting decision to make, uh, taking a super technical like course at a art school. Um, and it, it didn't pan out that well. And I think that's right around the time that we met. And yes. yep. yeah, when I met you, I was like, I had just, uh, I canceled all my classes for that semester. And I started working out like really heavily with like the group that we were working out with. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to figure out like what I wanted to do. And uh, you were actually the person that helped me figure out like what I, what my next step was going to be. Do tell. <laughs> As I was like struggling with like trying to figure out what the next move was, um, and I would just have conversations with everyone, but mostly you, because you know we would have kale fusions and uh, chicken, <laughs> yes. chicken season. Wait, chicken. I'm getting it wrong. What is it? What's the wrap? Uh, uh, bacon. Kale Caesar. Avocado. Turk. Yeah. The wrap. The wrap. We know this what we're talking the about. Exactly. <laughs> At homeroom, the rap. Um, break room. Yes. Shout out to break, break room. room. <laughs> break room. Man, it's been so long. <laughs> um, but yeah, like we would talk about like things that I was interested in and you were actually the one that pointed out. She's like, why don't you just do food? Why don't you go into culinary? And no one had ever said anything like that before. So I was like, what you talking about, Lana? <laughs> uh, and the thing you said, and I'll never forget it, was I've known you for about three months now, and the only time that you talk with your hands is when you're talking about food. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're right. <laughs> and I think the next week I signed up for uh, culinary school. And yeah, that took me on a journey. I had a lot of fun, but being a chef is a very difficult job. It's fun. It's challenging. It's great. It's rewarding. Um, but it doesn't pay enough, and you also don't get a lot of free time. And as I got older, I just wanted want more work-life balance, and nothing gives better work-life balance than being a software engineer. That's awesome. It's 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 great too. I I know this story, uh, to a certain extent. So to actually hear you, you know, elaborate on it is really amazing. And it's now been, I don't. We've known each other for ten-ish years. Yeah, 10 years. That's crazy. Oh, my God. 10 Ooh, years. 10 years. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Let's saw, run the clock back. I saw all the realization in your eyes. Tell me about your professional career. How do we get from, how do we get to Lana, the podcast host? Yeah. So right after I graduated high school, I went to college for sociology of law and I I, I loved it, but I just didn't really know what I wanted to do with it. And I transitioned into a paralegal program and so grateful to have all that knowledge that I got from it. But I realized that it's something that I would spend so much money and so much time on that I, I, would, I may change my mind in a couple of years. You know, and it's a lot of time and money to put into something that you're going to change your mind in a couple of years. So I ended up just, you know, kind of stepping my foot into a couple of different things. I was raised around the real estate industry. So I got into real estate and property management. 
I also worked part-time as a server at a steakhouse. So, you know, I got that nice culinary feel too. And I had mm-hmm. a great time there. Uh, it really teaches you customer service and it teaches you uh, just like social skills. And you also learn that in real estate. So I know that we've both learned those things from mm-hmm. other positions that we had, even if that's not where we ended up, that you take things from each role and that helps you grow into a better profession, professional as time goes on. So I learned, like I said, communication, uh, social skills, customer service, and in real time estate. Management. Right, time management, exactly. And I had a great time in both of those areas. Obviously, I just my goal wasn't to be a server you know, long-term. And in real estate, it was something I really did want to make a career out of. But I think for me personally, I didn't feel as comfortable being in real estate on my own. I always felt like I needed a partner or a team in order to succeed mm-hmm. the way that I wanted to. Because uh, I'll give you an example. I remember one time I was walking down the street to put my open house signs out. And mm-hmm. I remember these two guys were driving really, really slow next to me as I was going to put my open house signs out. And they're yelling, baby, baby, this, this, what's your number? What's your name? Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I realized I can try to ignore them or say no thank you and you know not give them my name or my number, but I'm holding this open house sign that has my name and phone number on it with arrows pointing <laughs> to where I'm going to be in the next five minutes. So right. <laughs> I was completely by myself, you know, and I was just thinking in that moment, like, I, I can't, they could make a right turn here and follow me to wherever I'm going next. I was by myself. Um, Also, you know, I'd have um, potential clients sometimes reach out to me and say it was a man that could reach out and say, hey, you know, I'm interested in this home, but I don't get off of work till seven o'clock. Can you meet me at the home afterwards? And by this time, it's now you're meeting like after hours. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And Again, I have I have a love for the for the field. I mean, I love architecture. I just love showing people the home and learning about it and talking about it. But when half of me just had that angst of knowing that I didn't feel completely safe or that I couldn't do all the things I wanted to do on my own, I just knew that wasn't the path for me because I don't want to depend on someone else for me to reach my goals. I want to know that the goals that I have, I can accomplish on my own without fear. Right. Yeah, uh, I feel that 100%. And then so now, you know, I have the podcast and I've always wanted, um, you know, another thing that I also did is I have my PR company. So I would work behind the scenes with a lot of people. And when we'd have different people on, there's always these times where I'm like, I want to sit down and like and have a conversation with them and connect with these people. And there's a lot of times that they're like, well, we don't really have time to connect with these people. You know, we have to be on set in five minutes. You don't have time to learn about where they come from. But like, that's how you build a better product. You know, exactly. Like, I really want to know more <laughs> about these people. And I just felt like I was missing that part. I love to have conversations mm-hmm. with people. Um, you know, a huge reason I wanted a podcast, you know, I'm, I can talk a lot. So I'm like, what better way to actually, you know, utilize this to have a podcast, but also right. gives me the chance to listen to other people. So you know, like I said, I went to school for sociology and it's studying the human experience and social behavior. So I feel mm-hmm. like I don't feel like I wasted any time. I feel like I came full circle and now I get to learn about people and have them on and hear their stories and share it with the world. And now I'm getting to feed that part that I was missing. And now I get to cash in on that degree that I got. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I think it's really important that like the the thing that people assume or stereotype people who jump around like from career to career or job to job is that the time that you're that you spent doing the thing that you were doing before like is wasted like those skills are wasted and Mm -hmm. you you pointed that out earlier and I just want to like re-emphasize like everything that you do in your prior fields like in some way shape or form can be applied to the new thing that you're doing it only helps to strengthen your ability like you said as a professional and Yeah, like the skills we learn, like being in kitchens, um, customer service, like that's like dealing with difficult people. The most difficult people I think I've ever dealt with are people who are ordering off a menu. Like they're sometimes (laughs) going to be so irritable. And it's like, (laughs) sir, you just sat down. Can you just try to have a great experience? I'm trying to help you. Like, I'm not going to fight you or anything. They're hungry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you also just kind of like blew past like the PR thing. I think people (laughs) really need to understand like what what your PR business like meant, like at least to me. So 
<laughs> when I met you, we were, I was 21. Um, I was 21. I was fresh out of the military. And we met uh, during this like uh, group of people who wanted to work out. And you told me that you were starting your PR business. And in my head, I'm 21, fresh out of the military. Like, I just want to go to the club and party. Like, I just try to have as much fun as possible. <laughs> I was just trying to get it because, like, I haven't been able to get it for the last four years. So for you to tell me that you're starting a business, I was like, wait a minute. I said, I got friends with businesses. Hold on. <laughs> Going around bragging to other people, like, hold on, you can't talk to me like that. I got a friend with a business. You need to relax. <laughs> Because your priorities are messed up and <laughs> Lana's priorities are on point. We should all be striving for that. And, <laughs> and I think that like, yeah, that really inspired me to like kind of get my get my life together. Like, okay, what do I want to do? I need to figure it out. Cause Lana started businesses and I'm 21. I have I have to figure out like what I'm doing with the rest of my life. Um, uh, but you've wow. always been an inspiration, uh, definitely for that. Cause you Thank always you. like were motivated and like nah, I'm going to do this. Like, nobody could change your mind. Like, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. And I'm not going to work for somebody else. Like, I'm going to do it the way I want to do it because these are the <laughs> things that I care about. So, like, I've always respected you for that. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, the P it's funny. Um, my PR business was an accident, honestly. Um, I was, like I said, I was doing, you know, kind of dabbling in real estate and property management, and you come across tons of different people and I just remember making a lot of connections and it kind of led me into this entertainment world where I would just do random freelance gigs you know I would do social media stuff and prepping people for interviews and I would always hear the term PR and I was kind of already in it and just didn't really know you know I knew what it stood for you know it's public mm -hmm. relations but a lot of people would ask me, what is PR? Like they know the term, they know what it stands for, but they just didn't understand what it meant. And in the beginning, I didn't know what it meant. And that is what intrigued me. I'm like, okay, I'm supposedly mm -hmm. around this, this PR field, but I had no idea what it was. And because I was already kind of in that industry, I'm like, I need to know what it, what, what it is. I need to understand it and then completely master it. So I worked for a couple of small PR firms and, you know, I'm not knocking it, but when you first start off in these industries, you start off in a smaller industry or a smaller group of people where you got to start getting people coffee and you have to file. Mm -hmm. And because I had already started in that field in a different way, it just drove me crazy to start in that area because I'm like, I'm already, I'm already past those things that I, I just mm -hmm. did it freelance. That so busy work. Yeah. Right. So for me to go backward, I'm, I'm like, I'm already here. I already understand all these things. I, I know all these, the little intricacies and everything I want to get further. So that's kind of how I started, you know, the PR business. I just really wanted to know more about it. And I had more and more people saying, hey, you're doing great work here. Um, I had a company fly me out to New York and we were filming shows. I went out there and did stuff for New York Fashion Week. And it just really opened my eyes to just more so what I was capable of. And mm. I just kept it going from there. And I, yeah, it was, it was completely an accident, but I think I just love, it's an, it's another way for me to kind of connect with other people. Um, it, yeah, it's really, it's really helped me come full circle. So, yeah, I'm super curious. Um, what is something, if you can go back in time to like, before you started the PR business, what is something that you would tell yourself? Like, no, with everything that you know about, like, now, would you go back and say to yourself before you started the business, was there anything you would change or, like, any advice you would give yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, if I had to give myself any advice, it would just be trust yourself, uh, be confident, because you know, you when you apply for jobs, they always want you to have experience, but obviously you have to start somewhere to get the experience. And mm -hmm. I feel like I uh, was fortunate enough where I wasn't lacking the opportunities. Uh, so it wasn't that I couldn't find anyone to give me an opportunity. I was getting these opportunities, but I just wasn't confident in myself. I didn't feel like I can do it. And also I was very rigid in the sense that I went to college for law. 
So for mm. me, I feel like a part of that was just like, oh, am I letting the people around me down? Um, you know, this is what I went to school for. And I felt like I couldn't fully allow myself to be confident in these other areas because I felt like I was supposed to be doing law, right. doing something else, you know? But like I said, I feel like it was full circle. I'm so happy that I went to school for law because I started a business. And if I didn't have that law knowledge, I wouldn't have been able to do that. So mm -hmm. it always helps in some kind of way. Everything that I did in some shape or form helped me to where I am now. Yeah, it's a little, I'm like shocked that you were, you weren't feeling confident back then because like, I felt like you just like exuded confidence like all the time. Like you knew what you wanted and you were going to get what you wanted, like no matter what. <laughs> it wasn't that I wasn't confident in myself, but it was, it was more so you know, I maybe had three avenues and I'm, I'm really, really confident, but in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, well, when are you going to choose one? You know, because mm -hmm. sometimes you put that pressure on yourself. Sometimes it comes from other people, but you know, I'm 32 now. And I remember just thinking to myself, okay, like as I'm approaching, you know, especially when I was approaching 30, I'm like, I'm hitting that, I'm hitting that mark. And like, when am I going to really figure it out? And like I said, all those things led me here. So even though mm -hmm. I have this podcast at 32, I'm like, with all, with all that knowledge that I had over the past 10, 15 years, I needed that because I don't think, like, I love this project, you know, passion project mm -hmm. for me. So I feel if I didn't have all those other areas um, to kind of help me figure that out. And I just had all this confidence to go straight into law and then maybe stop it later. I wouldn't be as passionate about the things that I ended up uh, diving into later on. Got you. I like that. Yeah. yeah speaking of uh, passion projects, weren't you also a uh, fitness trainer for a while? Like a personal <laughs> trainer? Yeah. 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 I remember that. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I still have people sometimes asking me to do stuff like that. But I, a major reason why I stopped is just because I, I love to work out, like mm -hmm. love to work out. And it's also a great de-stressor for me. So, uh, you know, I just felt like it was becoming, or it was more of a job. And for me, it was a hobby. So I would train people, but at the same time, like, I kind of want to leave you here and go do my own thing and work out, you know, but mm -hmm. it really helped during the time, especially when we met each other and we were working out. It was just great because, you know, we were spending what we would get up and work out at 9 a.m. And then, right. you know, go head to you know, the room. gym. Yeah, we'd head to actually would head. To, did we go to the break room first? And then we'd head to the gym at some point. I know we were what? working out from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. basically. <laughs> yeah, we worked from like 9 a.m. to about 11 then go have lunch at break room and then head to the gym and uh yeah North Hollywood. It was crazy yeah, yeah. North Hollywood. so like 9 a.m to two o'clock was just straight up fitness yeah and that was like that was some of the, the best days that I had because like I remember like even though we did all of like that like arduous like training and running like I would feel great at two at two p.m. like I wasn't Same. tired I wasn't exhausted I was like okay cool like I'm ready like let me go handle my business we were and... almost sad when the workout was over <laughs> right and it was yeah. like okay well I, I guess I'll see you guys tomorrow <laughs> yeah so I yeah. I mean I remember we kept that up even after the group kind of faded and then when you moved I'm like where's my workout buddy going you know and right. I would just we we kind of had like our you know our little app and share like we were working out and stuff like that yeah the yeah the kitchen kind of like just takes all of your time so I kind of the workouts kind of fell off and honestly like the amount of movement that you do in the kitchen is a workout in and of itself um, <laughs> yeah but, and we have been through some some adventures to say the least uh yeah, yeah we have it's been a crazy ride uh, and I'm happy to continue. Like I told you like way, way back in the day, this is forever and you were never getting rid of me. <laughs> Friends for life. For life. I've always been curious because like you've been like this very like passionate person with all of your projects. Um, did you have like a childhood hustle? Because I had one, but I'm curious what yours was. <laughs> now I'm already going to be wondering what yours is. I didn't have the typical like childhood uh, or child hustle that, you know, people have in school. Um, mm -hmm. But when I was about like nine or 10 years old, I remember I would watch movies with my mom and I would get so excited for these movies. And she had this high bed and I'd just be so excited to just jump up on the bed and we would have, you know, all this fruit and we'd watch all these movies. And she casually said something about how the TV wasn't working. 
And, you know, this is as she's walking to the kitchen to go make dinner. And me at nine, ten years old, she's worried about dinner. And here I am, you know, all these thoughts running through my head. I'm like, what, 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 are we gonna, what are we gonna do? We're supposed to watch movies tonight. We're gonna have fruit. We're gonna watch movies. <laughs> she's just walking by casual. Like, this is not a big deal. Just walking around like nothing's wrong. How dare right. she? <laughs> and, you know, at nine years old, I'm thinking, like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen in, in life. Like, we need to fix this. So I remember going into her room and I sat um, on the floor and messed with some cords and some boxes and everything else and made that tv work i don't know what i did but (laughs) i had to make sure that we watched those movies and so from then on out my mom you know either her or my grandmother would say you know can you fix this thing and i i grew to have a a passion for it which is great when i was looking for all this podcast equipment but yeah Yeah. we i if something's not working here we gotta we gotta figure it out and we we end up getting to watch our movie (laughs) I'm just picturing like uh, young Lana, like mess around with a bunch of cores. Okay, so if I put this core in this slot, that doesn't work. Do what I wanted to do. We gonna figure <laughs> out which one this actually goes in. Right. Yeah. yeah. And meanwhile, my mom's probably you know thinking I'm just up there reading a book. And I'm like, oh no no, we're about to make this happen. It's funny because you know you hear people say that they want or that their parents want them to be doctors and lawyers. Mm-hmm. And when that happened, my mom was just telling me, oh, maybe you should be an electrician because you've got this, you know, talent here. And I'm thinking, maybe <laughs> I will do that. You know, maybe, not... maybe that is my path. Right. Maybe it is. Um, you know, Funny. but again, that was a yeah. hustle that somehow came full circle and it helped me figure out all this equipment. So there everything you go. happens for a reason. <laughs> I have like a really like funny like side story that's closely related to what you're going through. So, yes. you know, like I'm super technical software engineer. Like I work with computers like all day, every day. Like, yes. I've always been interested in tech uh, my entire life. But I remember growing up, like my mom and my stepdad never wanted me to touch anything electronic. They were like, no, <laughs> don't touch the computer. You're going to break it. I'm like, I'm going to break it. And I'll tell you why. Because in the first grade, like I was very interested in figuring out like how things worked. Like, I think that's what's always driven, like, my passions is how does something work? Like, and I remember the first grade, my mom bought a computer and like, yeah, we used it. Like, I would write, like, you know, reports on it and everything. But I really wanted to know, like, what it, what the inside of it looked like and how it all worked. Um, so one day when she went to work, I took it apart. Like, completely apart. I'm not talking about just oh, taking the sides no. off. I, I took it completely apart. And I was like, when she got home... <laughs> It's just all these parts everywhere. And so, of course, I got in trouble. But then she was like, now go in there and fix it. <laughs> and uh-huh. I put it back together. And so because of that one that one thing, like, yeah. they never wanted me to touch anything. But it was like, if you really Did look at it. Did it take you like, a long time to get it back together? Nah, uh, it only took like a couple, a couple hours. Okay. I just have to remember like how it all went together. And mm-hmm. I did because like I was just super interested. Yeah. But you know, in today's world, like, imagine in 2020, like, your six-year-old, like, takes a computer apart and then puts it back together. Like, your yeah. first thought is, yo, we need to get this kid in, like, some classes about, like, tech or, right. like, com- yeah. But back yeah. then in, in the 90s, like, especially where I grew up, I grew up in Compton, like, that wasn't something that anyone ever thought about. Like, mm-hmm. where I grew up, it was all about sports or music. Um, okay. Be, being smart and like being like technical wasn't something that people in my neighborhood like really understood or like appreciated or even know how to develop. So, like, I knew someone built a computer, but I never thought of that like as a career. So, for me, like taking that computer apart to like now being a software engineer, like, that's my full circle. Like, mm-hmm. I'm doing what I was always supposed to be doing. Yeah. It's just, it took me a long time to figure out like what it was that I should be doing. Right. Yeah. Now I just got to figure out how to put food and tech together and create, some solve some problem. Apps. Yeah. There's a lot of food apps out there, but uh, yeah, I definitely like want to figure out how to make the world a better place, like in the realm of food by using like the skills that I have now as a software engineer. So yeah. I'm still trying to figure out like what those are. You got to identify those problems. So I just keep talking to people who work in food and trying to understand like the problems that they encounter on a daily basis. And maybe one day I'll figure out like what, how I can help uh, make that space better somehow. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's anything like how I started my PR business, it'll just fall in your lap and you'll just all of a sudden 
it'll just happen on accident and then you'll, you know, discover it. <laughs> Everything will start clicking. You'll be like, ooh. I wish the, the audience can see this little dance you were doing right now. <laughs> I got my hands up. Like, ooh, the thoughts are moving. The thoughts are connected. <laughs> um, yeah, so since we're on the subject of tech, I'm curious, what tools do you use to stay productive? Um, how are you keeping track of everything that's going on with the podcast? Like, are you using Google Drive or do you have something else? Like, how are you managing all this? Oh, man, tricky question. Um, I uh, do not use Google Drive. I have it, but um, I use Box a lot. That's just something that's worked really easy for me. As you mm -hmm. know, we use Zoom to record the remote podcasts. Um, I feel like I just have my own little systems that work for me. Mm -hmm. I I'm sure I could be a little bit more advanced with it, but I have ways that just help me move quicker. And I'm my main thing that helps me is just staying super organized when it comes to filing. So, you know, my whole little system when it comes to my little whiskey and lemon folder, everything is just folder, subfolder, one after the other. Everything is, you know, I have my my naming uh, dimensions. Everything is just set up perfectly. Uh, mm -hmm. That just that's what really helps me. And then obviously making sure I have it on the cloud so that I can access those folders on my phone, on my computer, on my iPad. Uh, that's that's what really helps me the most. And then keeping notes, obviously, on every little thing that I do. And I have my checklists. And since we're in quarantine right now, I keep that system in place. So I will get up early in the morning and I will work out and then somewhat get ready and then sit at my desk and, and start my work day. Got you. That's cool. Yeah. I Earlier you said something along the lines of like, that's what works for you. And I think that's the thing that people get confused about. Like most people, when they're thinking about like productivity, they go into a search, like what are the best productivity tools? Like what's the best app for taking notes? And like, what's the yeah. best thing for organizing my life? And really the answer is the best thing is whatever works for you. And yeah. no one's exactly the same. Like there's never going to be one tool that works like completely a hundred percent, like for every person. Mm -hmm. So I always like to ask because like, I might get inspired by something that someone else does and then like work that into my process somehow. Um, right now, like my yeah, favorite awesome. tool is like notion, um, which kind of gives me like the freedom to organize things in a way that makes sense to me. It's a, it's like a note-taking app, but there's like a lot of free form of how you can set things up. So the customization. It's very similar to yeah. uh, like Lark too. So I actually have that on my phone. Um, I have used mm -hmm. it for my PR business. I just haven't um, utilized it for my podcast, but I also really like that uh, app as well. Got you. Yeah. Nice. I have to check out Lark. I don't think I've ever heard of that. I am a huge uh, interface person. So I like the layout of it and everything. It's really, really clean. So it really draws my attention. Got you. Yeah. You might like Notion then. It's like super modular. I like it. Nice. Yeah. So as you were talking about, uh, you know, tech and you obviously being a software engineer, uh, I want to know, because you did mention that you like to ask people what tools they use and it kind of helps you brainstorm and be productive in your field. Where does your drive mm -hmm. come from? That's a deep question. Mm -hmm. um, the simple answer, uh, my drive comes from my mother and to be more specific, it's like the way that she raised me. My mom was very realistic. Um, I think she had to be. Like, I grew up in Compton. Um, everyone has like their own ideas about it, but Compton is Compton. It's it's not like the best neighborhood, but it's also not a terrible neighborhood. It's not a terrible place to grow up, but it's still not the best neighborhood. But she was very realistic about like the world that we lived in. And my mom was very realistic about like what being a black man in America is like and she pulled no punches and she taught me like the the value of hard work and she made it very clear like when I when I grew up and I started operating in like the world that as a black man I would have to work like twice as hard for half as much mm -hmm. and so she was always very hard on me any mistakes I made, like she treated those mistakes as if they were like life-threatening mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, th there was no mistake too small. And in some ways, like that was like a little difficult because, you know, people make mistakes and that's okay. But I think the gravity of like the lessons that she was trying to teach 
like didn't leave much room for that. So it kind of like hardened me and made me like more resilient to like the challenges that I deal with every day. And I'm super thankful for that because I haven't met a challenge that has like intimidated me or has scared me or has made me like want to run the other way. So I'm very strong in that sense. So whenever I meet obstacles, I don't, I don't panic. I don't freak out and I don't worry. I just calmly try and figure out like what's the best way to move past this obstacle or how to make this obstacle even work for me. And those are skills that I learned from my mother. And that's awesome. Yeah. I, I got to owe it all to her. Like I am who I am because my mother made me this way. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What about you? Where does your drive come from? Cause you got a lot of it. Um, for me, my, you know, same thing too. A lot of it comes from my mom. My mom, um, you know, she's, she's always worked for herself and my mom would have an idea and she would run with it, you know? So growing up, I always saw my mom as an interior designer, decorator. And I remember being eight years old and going and helping her work on weddings and helping decorate people's homes and that's also where I get my creativity from you know so Mm. it's more just like I remember going to find my mom and she'd be standing in a doorway at our house and just scoping out the room and I would think oh she's got an idea again you know Mm-hmm. And she would stand there for a few minutes, five, ten minutes, and just look around the room. And the wheels were spinning. Her eyes were sparkling, you know? And then next thing I know, next day, coming home from school, and it's like we just walked into the neighbor's house. or, or so, It just didn't – it was it was not our house. Completely different. And my mom just – she would set her mind to it, and she, she could do it so fast, too. And – she just showed me to when you have a passion for something and the, the wheels are turning, that is where your passion lies. You know, mm-hmm. when you have this desire to work on something and you're just going at it nonstop, um, that's how you know you've, you've found the gold because right. you don't have to feel like you're being lazy or forcing yourself to have this drive or motivation when it's something that you really want to do. If it's yeah, something it that you're like having to comes force. naturally. Right. If it's something you have to force yourself to do, like that's probably not the field for you. But again, it's an area like we have talked about that can ha- kind of help you get other skills, but that might not be where you're going to be long term. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because there's there might be something that's like more right. Like this may feel right. It might like this could be right for right now. And then you find something else that uh, for lack of a better word, like just feels more like the right thing for you. Or maybe, yeah. you know, just this phase of your life is, this chapter in your life is ending and now it's time to move on to the next thing. Yeah. And when you when you find that, obviously it's a great feeling. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and it, it'll make you feel good too. It kind of helps you put your, your um, gets you, gets your head in the game, so to speak. Definitely. Yeah. So our mothers like both definitely played a huge part in who we are. And yeah. I'm also curious, like, if your culture, like, at all, like, like, what was, what was, how did you express, like, your culture growing up, and how has that, like, affected who you are today, and, like, how you move through the world? I like that question. Um, It's kept me very well-rounded, because, obviously, I am mixed with a bunch of stuff, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that is, probably the question that I get the most is like, what are you mixed with, you know? But I think that me having such a diverse background, it's helped me understand people to a whole different level. And it helps me also to not put restrictions on myself because, you know, you can just look at me and see me as just this one thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But I feel like when I've had that or I feel like just, you know, as being a minority, when people look at me and try to put me in this box, that it helps me have more drive, you know? So I am like the, the essential person for someone telling me that I cannot do something and wanting to do it even more. And that is, again, back to like my mom and just my family in general and how I grew up, that we just it just comes from all different areas, you know, um, you have to 
when you are growing up where you don't have, you know, you don't just get every little thing that you want, it helps you to work harder. So even though, yeah, I couldn't just snap my fingers and say, I want this thing. I'm actually very grateful that I didn't have that type of upbringing because you realize the value and the hard work that things um, are worth and what they take when you have to actually do it yourself, you know? So you, I got my, I had my first job when I was 16. And if I didn't start learning, okay, if I want to go hang out with my friends and have dinner or go to this theme park, that was the money that I was earning. And I needed to understand those things because as a kid, you know, unless it's a very extreme uh, circumstance, you don't know Mm. if maybe you grew up Uh, poor if you grew up rich because when you're in your own home and in your bubble if it's not like I said to the extreme you might just feel like okay you're living like everyone else in your school is living right so for me I mean we weren't super wealthy growing up but I never felt like I wanted for anything the things that that I needed I had and most importantly the material things is not something that I'm super you know uh, attached to anyway. Like I said, Definitely. I'm really into, you know, uh, personal connection. So knowing mm-hmm. that I could watch movies with my mom, spend time with my family, go, you know, away for the weekend, like I said, with my family or with friends, that is where my wealth came from. My wealth came Got from you. connection and, and not from all these other things. And I think that that my culture taught me that. That's awesome. Yeah. And all that stuff, like, traveling um spending time with like people you care about and like getting like these new experiences uh are all like really great ways to you know maintain you know your sanity in like this like really crazy world and these are like some of the things that i was doing like before like covid hit and like not having them has been like super difficult um but like things are starting to like open up a little bit more like i was actually able to just go um and have a drink at a bar with a couple of my friends um obviously like social distance and outside on the patio and that like just being able to do that even for just a short amount of time that we did was like amazing um one of the things that i'm really pushing for right now at work is like mental health awareness okay. and especially like the stigma of mental health like the black community because we don't talk about like these mental health issues that some of us have and like there are like young kids who are dealing with this and like not right. feeling like there's like a space to to talk about like the way they feel and i'm just curious like how are you managing like your mental health like with everything that's been going on lately you know i actually am really happy that you brought that up because like you said with so many things going on in the world people are experiencing different emotions and if they cannot feel comfortable to express how they're feeling, whether it's a mental health issue or just having a rough day, when you have criticism and, you know, just this pressure and people are judging you, you don't feel comfortable to speak about those things. So then when we wonder why is this person doing this crazy thing and they're acting this way, if you are an advocate or at least trying to be understanding of mental health, you shouldn't be so quick to label someone as crazy or weird or, you know, just out of control because you don't know what their life is like. You can see someone walking down the street talking to themselves, and that doesn't mean, you you know, you don't want to automatically jump to calling them crazy. They could have so much more going on in their life than you ever realize. Uh, So I'm really happy that you brought that up. For me personally, the way that I handle my or just, you know, take care of my mental health is back to, again, working out. I feel like just me stretching and really getting my body moving really helps me clear my mind. Um, Sometimes I can just clean my house for hours. It just just moving around really helps me. And then obviously keeping connected with my friends and family, just just seeing you on Zoom or, you know, I set up these mm-hmm. routine Zoom calls with my mom and my sister. Uh, you know, I keep in touch with my grandma. Like, mm-hmm. um, obviously, sometimes it makes me a little emotional, like just seeing them on the screen. But at the same time, I'm so appreciative that I at least have that you know, right. uh, reading, writing. I've, I've started journaling in the past couple of months, which has really helped me. Oh. And 
just making sure that I'm, you know, drinking water, take doing my, my skincare, you know, I'm making sure that I'm going to sleep at a decent time, even though I don't actually have to go out into an office right now, going to sleep at a decent time and waking up at a good time really helps me. So if I'm waking up at 11 o'clock or, you know, 10 o'clock, I don't feel that great. So for me, I, you know, I woke up a few days ago at 630 in the morning and started doing laundry. And it sounds crazy to some people, but knowing I got so much done, uh, just in, you know, by 9am, when I normally mm -hmm. might wake up at 9am made me feel so productive. And knowing that even though my life is not exactly the way I'm used to it being, I am making the most of my time. And so if we look back on this quarantine, I can at least say, hey, I did all these things, you know, I did my podcast, I really took care of myself, I connected with all of these people, right. I kept my routine, I got my sleep. I can look back and say I got that from it than just saying, oh, yeah, during quarantine, I just sat there and watched TV all day. You know, I'm right. making sure I'm making I'm getting the best and doing all the things that I I normally, you know, a lot of us make the excuse, oh, I can't do that. I'm too busy. And we throw it out there as if it's some kind of uh, amazing thing to just say, oh, I'm too busy all the time. So now you have right. all this like time. we're all busy. <laughs> right. Exactly. And now that we have all this time to do more things. I don't want to have that being all the things I was making an excuse for. I have no excuse. And that actually pushes mm -hmm. me even more. What about you? What do you do? Definitely. Um, so right now, when quarantine first started, I was like really starting to feel like cooped up and mm -hmm. I needed to go outside. Like I just wanted to feel like the sun on my skin. And so yeah. I started once they open up like uh, public parks again, I would just go like walk in the park uh, after work. Um, there's a park like a block away from my house and so just head over there like go watch the sunset as like really nice view of south san francisco and that was like really good but the thing that i'm most proud of that i've started doing in the midst of like everything that's going on is i went on a trip a couple weeks ago with my friend charles and we went backpacking in sequoia national park and i remember this yeah yeah, I've never actually gone camping before. I've never like done anything like outdoorsy. I, I hike every once in a while, like a day hike. But this was like a five day trip. Um, we went off trail, we climbed mountains, um, hung out at lakes. Like oh, that sounds amazing. And I have been like living like a very like sedentary lifestyle in COVID. So for me, like this was like a huge like physical push. Like it was like very taxing, very difficult. And every day, like my friend Charles does this all the time. But for me, like, I don't do this at all. And so every day I felt like I hit my limit, but like Charles would push me past it. And when you climb a mountain and you see like this amazing view once you reach the top, like that is like immediate like gratification, like immediate reward. Like it is tangible. You can see it and you can feel like the accomplishment. And so like now I'm just trying to like ride that wave of like, I did this thing that really was like outside of the limits that I placed upon myself. Like I broke yeah. those limits. Yeah. I like beat them down. So like now, like what else am I capable of? And I think like that's like restarted my love of like working out again, because like I want to be in the shape that I was in back when we first met. Like I haven't been in that, in that physical shape for such a long time, but like I'm like super motivated to get back into shape. So for myself and not for anyone else. The amazing things that happen when we get ourselves uncomfortable, right? Or make ourselves uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, we push ourselves outside of our limits. We don't really get to experience these new things when we stay inside of our comfort zones. So this amazing stuff happens when we yeah. step outside of that. I just have like one more, like I saw a quote on Twitter the other day. Mm -hmm. um, and it really like struck a chord with me and it said when you sense yourself doubting something doubt your limits like that's the only thing that you should doubt yeah and like that like really struck me because like the limits that we think we have like those are self-imposed like right. they're like human beings are capable of so much so if you ever in your head say like i don't think i can do this understand like that that is a thought that you're having and look at it as if you are observing your brain having this thought, because that's not you speaking. That's someone else inside mm -hmm. your head. So yeah. yeah, you can always break your limits. And yeah, so I'm, I am like 
so motivated to be a better, healthier person. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I'm glad that that is something that you have because it, it actually takes me back and reminds me of when we went up Eaton Canyon and we had reached the top. And I remember we were just mm. looking like, we there's helicopters below us right now. But it was so hard. And mm -hmm. when we even got through a third of going up that canyon, I feel like a lot of us were just thinking there's no way we're going to get to the top. Like we remember hearing, okay, we, we, we reached a quarter of the way. I'm so exhausted. There's no way we're going to get to the top, but we pushed ourselves outside of our limits. And then it was the most gratifying feeling when we got to the top that when they said, okay, are you guys ready to go down? We didn't want to go down. This is amazing. I want to, I want to yeah, relish right? in this moment. Yeah. And what makes that even better is like being able to share that with other people. Like, yeah. If you did that like solitary on your own, like, yeah, like that feels good. But to be able to like share that experience, that moment with other people, mm -hmm. like surrounding yourself with good people, like your friends and like these connections you make, these experiences you share, like those make it like 10 times better. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was actually listening to a podcast. I can't remember which one it is, but they had a guest on. And this gentleman specific specifically said that your connections really come down to the people that you you know their place in your life. So you know how you always tell me I'm really good at compartmentalizing? Right. <laughs> so he made a really good point, right? And you basically have these friends that you treat as such. So you have your best friends, you have your acquaintances, you have your somewhere in the middle, you know, type of friends, you have your network of people that maybe it's just a professional relationship, you have your family, that it really helps you um, create bonds with people based on the categories that they're in. So if you have these best friends and you're really going through something, you know to reach out to those friends that can be there to support you. If you have these acquaintances, you don't get it twisted and then go and confide in these acquaintances about these things you're going through because these are the acquaintance friends. These are the friends that maybe you have a couple of shows in common or, you know, you might visit their area for work every once in a while and you just say, oh, hey, let's go do this or I'm, I'm in your area. Let's go grab coffee. But you but know them. Yeah, you're not going to hit them with the heavy stuff, like the right. hard parts. Yeah. Right. And then feel disappointed when they can't be there for you. And that's okay right. that they can't be for there for you because they're the acquaintance friend. Yeah, and like that's not to... their role. Exactly. And I think that a lot of people need to understand that. And even if you really want that person to be one of your best friends, be honest with yourself and know where they fit into your life and treat them as such. Because once what you're wanting and what you have, not, not even what you're wanting, what you have and how you treat what you have match up, it makes it so much easier. And that's when those Definitely. connections are like really strong. And that's why we got this forever. Yes, yeah, why we got this, yes. This is a strong connection. I want everybody to know like this is, this is real. <laughs> Amazing, yeah, seriously, we go way back. Spencer, I, I've just had a blast having you on the podcast. Um, I don't know if you remember, but a couple of weeks ago, I asked you who your favorite musical artist is. Uh, I remember. Yes. <laughs> and you told me that that favorite artist was, I believe, Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean is one of my favorite artists, for sure. And I definitely told you that. <laughs> this is not <laughs> what force is going. <laughs> So there is a game that I will be playing with you on this podcast, and I call it Lyrical Assassin. Mm. <laughs> so Ominous. I, yes, I have taken the liberty of coming up with 10 different sets of lyrics, and I need you to correctly match the lyrics with the song by Frank Ocean. Oh, good. <laughs> now, i wasn't prepared for this <laughs> of course not that's, that's gonna make it so pop quiz yes so if you match up at least five then amazing that you did that but if you do not get at least five i'm going to have you connect your headphones to your phone find your favorite song by frank ocean 
and sing that to us. And what? as you know, <laughs> we won't hear the music, so we will be hearing Spencer grace us with a little Frank Ocean acapella. I okay, let me get this straight. <laughs> there are 10 songs. Yes. I had to get at least five in order to not sing. This is correct. All right, we need to get these five. Let's go. <laughs> you got this, Spencer. I have faith in you. You ready? I'm ready. Let's get the it. The best part is going to be that I'm going to obviously read these in my normal speaking voice. Um, yeah, so it's not that I'm, you're obviously not going to hear me singing the, the lyrics, but you, you see. I thought I was ready because, like, I, I before COVID, I used to go to trivia every week, and I'm really good at music rounds, but that's because I can hear the song. <laughs> yeah, um, you can't do that here. <clears throat> but I, right. I have faith in you, Spencer. I have faith in you. I appreciate your faith. I don't, but let's go. <laughs> I blame it on the model broad with the Hollywood smile. Oh, wait, I know this. Take your time. Uh, with the Hollywood smile. Blame it on the. Oh my God. Like, I know this. <laughs> <laughs> I know this. I blame it on the model brown with the Hollywood smile. Blame it on the model. Oh, it's Novocaine. Novocaine. It is. Correct. <laughs> yes. All right, so you got one. Here we go, number two. If models are made for modeling, fit girls are made for cuddling. Ooh, this is pink matter. That's uh, Andre 3000. Hey, yes. I got two. Ready for the next one? Yes. I care for you still and I will forever. That was my part of the deal, honest. Can you say it one more time? I care for you still and I will forever. That was my part of the deal, honest. Um, she? That is incorrect. It's White Ferrari on the Blonde album. Oof. Number four. You've had a landscaper and a housekeeper since you were born. The star shine always kept you warm. Oh, yeah, I know this. This is on Channel Orange. Say it one more time. You've had a landscaper and a housekeeper since you were born. The star shine always kept you warm. All right. It's the sweet life. Hey, he's got another one. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Here we go. No, I don't like you. I just thought you were cool enough to kick it. No, I don't like you. I just thought you were cool enough to kick it. Uh, it's so hard without like the <laughs> the beat or even like the cadence. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I can't place this one. That is going to be thinking about you from Channel Orange. Wait, it's are you actually serious? one of my favorite Frank Ocean songs? I thought oh you my God. had this one on the back. I had to. I feel so bad. Like <laughs> I'm ashamed for not knowing this. Here we go. Here's the next one. Our skin like bronze and our hair like cashmere. As we march to the rhythm on the palace floor. Actually, pyramids? I said that. Oh, yes. Yes, it is. It is pyramids. You got that right. Let's go. Okay. Here goes the next one. Got on my buttercream silk shirt and it's Versace. Um, is that pink and white? That is lost on the Channel Orange album. Oh. <laughs> Channel Orange is taking me out. <laughs> All right, here goes the next one. Kiss the earth that birthed you. Gave you tools just to stay alive. 
Is that lost? Oh, the last one was lost. This one is pink and white on the blonde album. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Reading the lyrics definitely makes it more difficult, right? Definitely. All right. We got two more, Spencer. You only need one more to win. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let me Here's get in. <laughs> Let's go. This is the next one. When you're not here, I'll save some for you. I'm not him, but I'll mean something to you. Yo, I actually do not know this at all. <laughs> I, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot even like guess. Let me read it. One I can't more even time. tell you what album is from. Say it one more time. When you're not here, I'll save some for you. I'm not him, but I'll mean something to you. Uh, is it Crack Rock? It's Nike's <laughs> from the Blonde album. Oh, I'm not good at the Blonde album, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Spencer. I have faith in you. This is the okay. very last one. Oh my and God, I've been on a streak. Let's go. I have faith in you with this one. This is this is a good one. What if the sky and the stars are for show? And the aliens are watching live. Come on, I gotta know this. What if the sky and the stars are for a show and the aliens are watching live? Oh, it's Channel Orange. It's Channel Orange. It is Channel Orange. Oh. Need one more? Is it Sierra Leone? Oh, <laughs> it's Pink Matter. No, again? Oh, you didn't say there was going to be doubles. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking they have to be a different song every time. <laughs> oh, why? I didn't mention that part being in the rules. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I see you. I see you. Slick. So I'm going to need you to take out that phone, plug in your headphones, and choose your favorite song. Which, which song are you choosing, right. by the way? Do you know? Um, I think I'm gonna go with. You should probably go with Pink. Super Matter. Rich Kids. Okay. Uh oh, actually, you know what? Super Rich Kids is a great song. Yeah. Yes. I was gonna pick Pink Matter, but Super Rich Kids kind of kind of takes the cake. <laughs> I'm very excited to hear this. All right. And I'm sure the audience just can't wait. Yeah, the audience is not prepared for these vocals. Let me tell you guys, I have had zero vocal coaching. Um, I suck at karaoke, but we about to get it right now. Look at his eyes are closing. He is really getting in. <clears throat> <laughs> this is going to be great. Hold on. Let me, let me load it up. I'm so excited right now. All right. I'm about to start. Give me a second. Too many bottles of this wine we can't pronounce. Too many bowls of that green, no lucky charms. The maids come around too much. Parents ain't around enough. Too many joy rides and daddy's jaguar. Too many white lies and white lines super rich kids with nothing but loose ends super rich kids with nothing but fake friends start my day up on the roof there's nothing like this type of view point the clicker at the tube i prefer expensive news new car new girl new ice new glass it's such good times babe it's good times yeah, yeah. she washed my back three times a day this shower head feels so amazing we'll both be high the help don't care they just walk by they must don't care a million one a million two a hundred more will never do. Too many bottles of this wine we can't pronounce. Too many bowls of that green, no lucky charms. May come around too much. Parents ain't around enough. 
Too many joy rides in Daddy's Jaguar. Too many white lies and white lines. Super rich kids with nothing but loose ends. Super rich kids with nothing but fake friends. Ooh, the audience the was not ready for it. <laughs> it wasn't ready. I appreciate you giving me that dance factor. I needed that. I needed the, the vibes. <laughs> everybody is on their way right now. They are trying to buy tickets for the next show. That Don't was worry. amazing. I will be at the Masonic post-quarantine. <laughs> Holler at me. I love it. Spencer, it has been so great to have you on. I have one more thing that I do want to ask you. I like to yep. ask all my guests at the end. So, two Spencers walk into a bar. One Spencer's 21 and one Spencer is you today. And mm -hmm. you order, you both order a glass of whiskey and lemon. And 21-year-old Spencer is just down on his luck today. What advice are you giving? 21 year old spencer 21 year old spencer what does he need i got it you're in a really interesting place right now you don't know what you want to do or what's right for you but you shouldn't have to worry about figuring that out right now just enjoy your life have as much fun as you possibly can cultivate these friendships and these experiences and that will lead you on the right path. Don't get worked up trying to work out the details. Just live life and let it be. Words of wisdom. I felt it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I couldn't have thought of anyone else that I'd rather do the first episode with. It has been amazing. Thank you so much. It's been my honor to be your first guest. And I am so excited to see what you have in store. I'm so excited to hear these stories and get these laughs. Man, yeah. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Proud of you and everything you're doing.